Okay, with Mary Lene Lennon, A Proper Education is a 20-minute documentary film. It was done at the USC Film School. Really interesting film. Really, it's like obviously there's a there's a grand thematic that's happening. It's like there's like a macro kind of idea here, but in its simplest form, is that you're talking about sex education and your lack thereof uh, in the in the U.S. system. And you went out on the street and you talked to people about what they how their experiences with sex education. I'm assuming you got a lot of people who didn't want to talk about this on the streets. Um. Yeah, uh, <laughs> especially in like um, <laughs> in the beginning of the film, like you could see how many no's I got, like how many people were like, no, we're OK, thanks. And I just had to like take it and roll with it. But um, which was expected. I mean, I was actually surprised at the people who did like open up and talk to us. But yeah, there were a lot of no's that of people who didn't want to talk. So. So, okay, so tell me about the, this idea. Like, I know that you, like, basically, it's, you're the main character. You have this, you have this, unearnest, like, like it's, it's an important topic, but in terms of the script, in terms of, like, what you wanted to go with it, when did you, like, did you, like, write, like, a loose kind of base script before you started shooting, or did you just start shooting and kind of figure out the story while you're shooting? Um, I think that's the great thing about documentaries, that, like, you can go in with a plan, and then, when you start actually filming, everything completely changes. And so yeah. uh, so the film that I made, Proper Education, is actually a thesis film for my graduate degree at USC. So the previous semester was like the development stage where I went through a bunch of different uh, versions of what the film could look like. Yeah. So from then on, when we did the film, it was like constantly, even like, even like the planning and the actual production everything changed once we got into the editing room like everything was different so we did go in with a set plan of exactly what we wanted to get but then when we were in the editing room like everything got mixed around and changed which was really cool to be honest gotcha and i love i love the idea like in terms of like going in the history and getting the like even the archive footage with, with reagan in the 80s and the old like the old kind of like school kind of sex education videos where did you where did mm -hmm. you find all that documentary like that all the archive footage so luckily at usc when you do a film like that you actually get a team of lawyers that work with you so um when we first talked to our first sex educator danielle she laid the foundation for like all the history that we needed so after we talked to her, we like went in and found the clips that correspond to what she was saying. Yeah. Most of them came from like Reagan's own um, archive library. Um, and so then our lawyers would look at our stuff and be like, okay, we can have an argument for fair use here, but we can't do it for here. So there was a lot of other things that we had in the film that we couldn't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That we couldn't justify as fair use, meaning like, it's public domain. Like we have an argument forever to use it without permission. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of the archival that we got, like the old sex education videos, a lot of those came from YouTube, honestly. Yeah. No, but the what's the so then some videos of like Reagan, for example, that you couldn't use because they what did you need to argue? I just want to clarify what you needed to use. They needed to argue the rationalization of the argument you're giving for showing it. Yeah. Yeah. So like there was one clip we had of Reagan where he wasn't specifically talking about sex education, but it had to do with education and children. But because he wasn't specifically talking about sex education, we couldn't use the argument that we're using 
this clip of him because it corresponds to what we're talking about. But because he wasn't talking about sex education, we couldn't use it. So in fair use, you have to make an argument that our film is talking about sex education. And in this particular point, Reagan is talking about sex education. So is using it as to amplify our message, not trying to, you know, you can't, I guess, use slander or anything like that. Like fair yeah. use is a very complicated um thing but if I wasn't at USC if I didn't have these lawyers I had I would have no idea on how to get through that and not get sued you know what I'm saying so that's basically they want to make sure that we don't get sued um which if it wasn't for them we probably would because I had no idea of like some of those things yeah but sometimes when you get sued it's a good thing because it makes it gives the film attention right so yeah right I don't have the money for that <laughs> but <laughs> But really, it's USC protecting who's, itself because I'm curious who's suing you, the Reagan like people, like the government, like who's being who's getting sued, like they're getting sued for slander because of a, his legacy. I don't know. Like I, I'm curious where what they're worried about. So okay, so to clarify, USC owns the rights to this film, so USC would be getting sued, not yeah, I mean, me. No, I got you. Um, <laughs> but basically, whoever puts that footage out. If they own, if they own that material, like the Reagan archives owned all of Reagan's things that come from the White House. Yeah. So if we had used their work without a fair use argument or without permission, gotcha. then they could. And if we, and if like our film, like say our film went to Sundance and now, you know, we're getting all this recognition. If yeah. we didn't get any type of permission from anyone or had a fair use argument, definitely, definitely would get sued. Yeah. Okay, so I love the I love you on the streets, and I love the high school kind of like whatever you know the Bristol board kind of like we all kind of made those kind of like assignments. I saw one today, like dropping my daughter off at school. Like there's like eight year old kid with his Bristol board, and he's got his like he's got a little yeah. And then I'm then I'm like watching your film again this morning and i'm like hey it's the same thing as that kid right it's just like but i love that that because everybody can identify that you did you make that yourself that that such a <laughs> award yeah so me and my team we went in we got like a classroom and we all we all did a bunch of different anatomy drawings and i was like fill the board up and so mm -hmm. we filled it up and then we filmed like me tracing some of the things so my whole team we all participated in that yeah but that's like my vision like when I was thinking about the film like a property I saw it for myself like I saw that shot so I I was really really adamant about getting that yeah it was fantastic and then thank you it's almost like a Jimmy Kimmel kind of like man on the street kind of a same thing I don't know you should, should yeah call, you should call the you should call his uh his production company and Give yeah. them that idea because I think it's it's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. Like because people we don't know. Like we know we <laughs> we know how to have sex. I guess we know how babies are born, but we don't know like the body parts of like our reproductive yeah. system, right? Yeah, and you know, some people there were a couple of like younger people who didn't know things, but it was the older like parents. Like we talked to this. I think he was from Sweden, and he was like. Saying like I have no idea what any of this of this stuff is, and uh, I actually got the idea of Man on the Street from uh, Billy on the Street, Billy Eichner, because I love him so much, and I was like, I want it to be funny like that, and I love Jimmy Kimmel, like when he's talking to like parents on the street. So he definitely was a big inspiration for that too. Yeah. 
So you reminded me of my own sex education. I got a little bit in public school, but I remember my grade, it was the grade nine uh, gym class. I don't know why they corresponded sex education with gym class. So it was like this militant, like high school. He was, my, he was also my football coach. And he was like talking about the testicles. And it was the funniest thing in the world because he was like, he was so uncomfortable. And then we did yeah. the test and a lot of us didn't do very well. And he started yelling at us. It's like, how come you guys don't know about the male reproduction? He's like, because I don't, I'm, I'm embarrassed of you guys. It's like, you guys, how could you even talk to women? And he's like, he was just like yelling at us. It was like funniest yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I guess my recognition is like mean girls when coach Carr is like the, the mm -hmm. coach, but he's also the sex education teacher. Yeah. Um, And they're just like, I think it speaks to it because so many teachers are, unprepared they don't know how to talk to students about sex because they themselves probably didn't get the best sex education so they're just going off of what they've learned as an adult not knowing that there's a specific way you should talk to kids about these things i'm gonna throw one of my high school teachers under the bus he's a he was my grade 10 uh gym gym uh, gym teacher and he was teaching his teaching a sex education all male class you know what he told us he says women don't have orgasms I mean, and that—that's literally it. That's it. Yeah, that's that thought that we don't, and and it's just yeah. like the idea of like, like I was watching. Uh, I, and I immediately what, felt sorry for his wife. But go ahead, yeah. Yeah, like I was watching this <laughs> film. I think it was like it was with. Uh, it was like a true story about like a woman who is is uh raped in like medieval time in France, and they were like, oh, it must not have been that because they were asking her, did you orgasm? And she was like, uh, no, but, and he was like, oh, if you, in order for a woman to get pregnant, they have to have orgasm. And that is like in the 1500s that they were thinking this. And even still today, people don't understand, even women don't know that they can have an orgasm or you can have pleasure with sex. We've been told so many times that we have to perform for what men want that we got lost in the shuffle. So I think like, um, Danielle wears a shirt that says the orgasm gap, which is a really real thing that we talk about in the film. So, yeah, it's actually really sad, the small amount of the body that people actually don't know. Yeah. So but it, but it comes down to what you're describing. Like this is the, there's a bigger film here. And I'm sure you know that as well. Right. Because there's mm -hmm. so much. This, it's not talked about, but there's so much dysfunction with sex and porn because like the Internet in the last 20 years and unrealistic expectations like you know yep. it's mainly the men it's like let's be honest here right like they're totally messed up right yeah and there's no because there's no education like as you described yeah. right a proper yeah. education I should say yeah and that's why it was important for me to have as many different voices as we could unfortunately we had I really wanted to have like a parent circle not just women but none of the fathers that I talked to wanted to talk about it like they didn't want to be a part of it yeah. so I only could rely on the women so that's when we had mm -hmm. the round table with like young people I had um people who identified as bi straight um straight men like I wanted all types of voices because it doesn't just affect women it affects men so much so it was very important that we got as many people's perspectives as possible yeah. Yeah. And like you said, there's like this, this, like I said, the macro thematic is that this messes people up. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. 
all across the board, everybody. Yeah. And that's and that's and, and, and like and the thing is though, it's almost like the parents probably like that's the thing issue too, right? Like they this is something the parents probably should teach the kids, but this is that's not realistic. That's not being realistic, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I work in a high school right now and just like the things that the kids tell me that their parents tell them about sexuality, about sex. I'm like, oh, this is so wrong. Like they just, but I can't blame the parents because they don't know themselves. So that's why the question in the film is like, who teaches these kids about sex? Is it teachers? Is it doctors? Is it um, parents? Is it sex educators? Like who is the best person to do this? Which is still like a big question mark for a lot of people in this country. Yeah. 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 Very good film. So was, was was you part of a documentary program or you just chose to make a documentary? This is actually my second documentary that I've done at USC. The first one I was the producer on. So it's a class that you take. It's called okay. 547. And you have to take the class in order to make the documentary. Uh, so, yeah, like it, it's not a specific concentration. It's just like if you want to do a thesis film and you don't want to do a narrative and you want to do a documentary, you can do a documentary. So. Gotcha. And so then, yeah. I, then basically, but this is your like you 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 graduated. Yes, I graduated in May. Where are you from originally? I'm from New Jersey. I'm from uh, I was born in Texas, but I claim New Jersey because I was part of a military family and we moved around a lot. But I uh, typically claim New Jersey as where I'm from. And so, like, this is a pretty big school you got in got into. Do you remember the process of of, uh, of getting in? Oh boy, yeah, I do. Um, I remember it was my junior year of undergrad and I did not feel confident in my abilities as a filmmaker. Uh, so I was like, what's the next thing that I need to do to be better? And so I've always been comfortable in school. So I said, I'm gonna go to the best school for film that I can. Um, so at USC, you have to do um, a treatment, you have to make a short film. I think the requirements are different now, but I knew it was a lot of work and um, I turned everything in and I just like let it go. And I actually saw my acceptance letter a month late and <laughs> they sent it to me in February and I didn't see it till March. So um, what, what was the start I, behind that? Um, I just I was so nervous. Like I was so nervous that I didn't I was just scared. Um, and I didn't know if they were going to send a letter, but they sent it in an email. And I was actually oh. at my job at school and like. I had a job where I was like a video editor and I read the letter at school and I just started screaming because I was just like, how did I miss this? Um, Cause I had so many emails. I'm like, how did I miss this? Literally big letters, USC admission. And I missed it that for a whole month. So, um, but yeah, I was really, I was really excited. I manifested it. Like I said, when I get in, it wasn't a, it wasn't a matter of if, like I, I just knew in my soul I was going to get in. Did so. you have a backup? I applied to I applied to UCLA. I made it to the second round, but I didn't get in. Um, and then I applied to Howard University. But by the time I got accepted to USC, uh, I didn't even really care about anything else. Yeah. So, yeah. so you wanted to go, you wanted to, to, to leave home, I guess. You didn't want to go like in, in. Yeah. And mind you, I had applied and got accepted to USC before the pandemic happened. Like yeah. right before the pandemic happened, I saw my letter. So my first year at USC was all online, all through Zoom, which was, I never want to go back to that, but. So you stayed was, at home then? You stayed at home? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 
I stayed at home for a whole year, saved a bunch of money. Um, my parents were in all of my projects, which taught me a lot about patience. But yeah, it was the first year was pretty tough. Yeah. You still had to pay tuition, I guess. Absolutely, I did. I sure it was much cheaper, but still had to pay it, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I obviously see a lot of films and talk to people like the, the, the USC, like film by film makes the best short film, makes student short films. Like they just, there's, the, they're always good. So they, yeah. either, they know what, who to accept. And they also probably know uh, they're probably good teachers as well. One would assume. Yeah. It's a lot of hands on, <laughs> but um, the teachers are just so open and uh, available for everything that you need. So yeah, definitely. I don't regret my decision at all. It's, even with the amount of uh, student debt I have now, I still am happy about it. So, yeah. So what? So what are you doing? What are you doing now? Like, are you you're still? So, I'm assuming you want to be a filmmaker. Absolutely. Um, I I think I want to be a storyteller, and to me, it doesn't matter what medium, whether it's narrative, short form, documentary, novel writing, script writing. Like, I want to tell stories. So. Whatever way the story comes out, whether it's through documentary or narrative, I'm going to tell a story. So, but right now, um, because literally as I graduated, the strike happened. So I was out of work for a while. So I had to leave LA. So I'm back in Jersey and I teach, um, I'm a substitute teacher for high school students. So it's completely different, but it's still extremely fulfilling for me. And I think that I'm in the place that I'm supposed to be right now. Um, I'm giving myself like a little break. I'm still studying storytelling. And then when I'm ready, I'm going to jump back into the film world. But for right now, teaching is what I'm doing. Are you going to, are you going to like stay in, in the New York area or are you going to go back to LA? I, in order to go to LA, it would have to be under better circumstances, like job wise, but um, I'm not opposed to working in New York. I've worked in New York before. Um, I have family up there. So you know, I'm just keeping my options open, really. I'm not trying to pigeonhole myself into the, any decision. So I, I like to have all the options possible. So, Well, I think you got a good a good concept here in terms of, like, you – like, it's kind of like – I, I, I there's probably better examples, but, like, a Michael Moore kind of documentarian, right? Love you're Michael like, Moore, you're the, yeah. You're the subject. You got, a, you got an interesting point of view. You got interesting – you got great screen presence. Thank you. You, you, know I mean? you got you got something to say, and you like so. Yeah. You're making yourself the not in a narcissistic way, but you're making yourself the the subject because you're as you yeah. learn, the audience learns, I guess, right? And I didn't want to be in the film at all, honestly. I yeah. it was my team who was like, "Uh, you have to be in this film." Um, but the more that I did it, the more comfortable I was, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, like my story is a part of this bigger, bigger problem." Yeah. So I definitely, but I. Honestly, I would love if like this film were to be bigger, like a series or something. I would love to have multiple different per perspectives, multiple different hosts that talk about their own backgrounds and their own uh, dealings with sex education. So I, I definitely think it's much bigger than me, but I would still love to be a part of it. Yeah. Like I said, there's a bigger story here, too. Like there's so many things you can tackle, like even from a cultural standpoint, like. Uh, yeah like different backgrounds, like whatever background you're, you're from economically and in like, in, in like basically, you know, socially as well, or like where you're. Yeah. Socially, politically, religiously, yeah. like 
there's literally so many ways to tackle this problem um, that I hope that, I mean, I've seen a lot more films and shows about sexuality and understanding yeah. it, but um, I want to make, if it was up to me, like, we would have as many perspectives as possible. Like, from a, I'm, I'm, I would be so curious to see, like, a, a rich private school education yes. compared to, like, a, you know, like a, a not so good public school education, like a not like yeah. great, not the best area of public school education, and from a, yeah. just from a sex education standpoint, and see if there's that there's even a difference. Yeah, I mean, we only had we could only have a twenty five million minute film, yeah. but I wanted to talk to politicians, I wanted to talk to teachers, I wanted to talk to pastors, like I wanted to talk to everybody. Yeah. To be honest, because you know but we what, we didn't have the time. You know what makes it such a great story? Uh, story is that they don't want to talk about this. Nope, the, a politician does not doesn't even want to touch this. Yeah, yeah, but I was gonna talk. I was gonna um. What's his name? Hassan Minaj. He has uh, he had a a show where he would like talk to politicians and like he used comedy as a way to break through that yeah. barrier. But like I found so much inspiration from just like his willingness to talk to these important people about very controversial topics. And me personally, I'm not shy about talking about anything, obviously. So I was 100 percent down with doing that. Yeah, you have a natural. I don't obviously we never met personally, but you have a natural kindness so oh, that makes you. you like a, like I just seeing talking to you now seeing seeing you on the, in the film so that's what makes you great at going on the streets and like even talking even doing interviews the more you do interviews you do I'm sure the even the, like not to say yeah. you're not even you're not great now it's just that you'll get more like you talking these like sometimes a politician that what I'm trying to say is that a politician you get them in the room you ask them a question you have that personality that they'll answer your question yeah yeah and <laughs> honestly like I'm a very shy person and I overthink so much, but when we were doing this film, I like forced myself to be, I was like, what if I just pretend to be the person that is fine with talking to random people? And I just, and I just did it. Like I just became that girl who does that. Um, so I definitely would love to, I mean, in the class, everybody was like, you should have your own show. And I'm like, I really just love hearing people talk about their lives. That's, I love that. I love hearing people talk about their stories. So Anything like that, I'm a hundred percent down. Yeah. Well, do me a favor, please keep making movies. I'm sure you got some great ideas, even for like doc documentaries. Just keep plugging away. Just keep making it because I think that you got something special, and uh, you. you know how to tell a story too, right? So do it. Yeah, thank. That's what I learned. That's why I went to the school. So yeah, thank you. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. And yeah, I loved your film. One last question before you. Leave. What did you think about? We sent the audience to you. What did you think about what they had to say about your film? Oh my God, I cried. I cried because honestly, getting into festivals is great, but the thing that impacts me the most is that like people feel seen, people feel heard. And that's what a lot of the feedback was. Like I wholeheartedly was expecting people to be like, um, this was too much, like especially the sex toy part, but everybody was just like grateful that somebody was making something like this. So I literally cried at school, at my desk, mm. I didn't care. My students were like, what's wrong? And I'm like, when people, you know, resonate with something that you tried really hard to do, it just, it's, it's all worth it. That's, that's worth more to me than anything, to be honest. I was really grateful for that. I was really, really touched by that. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, thanks for your kind words. And let's, like I said, let's talk again when you make your next film. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for all that you guys do. 
Um, I really love this festival and I hope you guys continue for many years. Thank you. Appreciate that. One, two, three, four, five, six.